So it's been a couple of days. Tennessee still beat Virginia, still one-handedly, but now that the dust has settled, what does Josh Hoppel think about his team's season-opening victory? What does he think about his quarterback, Joe Melton? And how can Tennessee improve in a week where the competition's not going to be pretty fierce? I said that, not him. That and a whole lot more. Your mailbag questions. It's your Tuesday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday, everybody. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. Shout out every day. I appreciate you for being here, making Locked On Balls your first listen. You can always find me at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. I am your host, Eric Kane. All right, here on YouTube, you can subscribe and follow the show each and every single day. And of course, wherever you find your podcast, shout out Bird Dogs. It's brought to you by Bird Dogs this episode. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. Enter that promo code locked on college for a free water bottle with any purchase. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Got a fun show coming up. What Josh Heupel said. We're going to play some clips. You're going to hear from Josh Heupel. If you're on YouTube, you're going to see Josh Heupel. What he had to say about Joe Milton, the running backs, the offensive line, D. Williams. Uh, what did uh, Ramel, or not Ramel Keaton, what did um, Brew McCoy have to say about Ramel Keaton's drop? A lot of good stuff here and how they can improve from one week to the next. Uh, coming up with Austin P in the home opener Saturday at 5. Uh, mailback questions the rest of the show. Plus, Tennessee going to unveil a new alternate uniform, a little smoky grays, but throwback edition. I'll show some more photos later on, but that's a little bit of a teaser. Photo sent out by the University of Tennessee on two, on Monday after or Monday morning, rather. And, of course, it's to pay homage to uh, Condrich Holloway, 51st anniversary of him breaking the color barrier in the SEC, first black starting quarterback in the Southeastern Conference, and so a lot to celebrate. That'll be on Saturday as well. Let's get to Josh Heupel. What did he have to say about his current quarterback, and that being Joe Milton? A short clip here, but wanted to uh, wanted you to hear from Josh Heupel about the progression for Joe Milton, his eyes, how did he work, how did he play? This is Joe. This is Josh Heupel on his quarterback, Joe Milton. Uh, Joe, uh, I thought it during the course of the ball game uh, on the video too. Uh, I thought his decision making, where his eyes were at, uh, was really solid uh, throughout the course of the football game. Yeah, Joe Milton, SEC Co-Offensive Player of the Week, four total touchdowns, threw for 200 yards, completed 70% of his passes, a couple of one-yard rushing touchdowns, touchdown passes to Dylan Sampson and uh, Jacob Warren there in the second half. So an all-around a pretty solid day. Room for improvement, as we talked about on yesterday's show. Um, you know, had a, of course, Ramel Keaton had a drop. That would have been six. Um, I think Dante Thornton didn't run uh, the correct route, if you will, in the end zone. Uh, Joe Milton threw one into triple coverage where the safety should have picked it off to Brew McCoy. And then there was a series of three straight bad passes. I think one of those might have got tipped in the second quarter. Um, so, again, it wasn't perfect. There's plenty of room to grow. But overall, I thought Joe Milton was really solid. And I think Josh Heupel thinks so, too, but knows uh, there's room to, to, to get after it. Uh, running backs, huge plus for Tennessee. And how about the luxury to, to have three guys ready to roll at the the drop of a hat, Jalen Wright over 100 yards rushing, Jabari Small averaging over five yards to carry, Dylan Sampson four total touchdowns, and according to Josh Heupel, these guys are their biggest fans. Yeah, very selfless group. Um, you know, they they want to be successful individually, but uh, I don't think there's anybody more happy about the success of the guy that's on the field than the guys that are on the sideline uh, during the moment of that success. And and um, at the end of the day, that group understands that the strength of the position can't be one guy. 
Uh, they pull hard for each other. Um, they're great competitors on the practice field. Uh, they push each other in the meeting room. And, um, you know, I think like our, all of our position groups, um, you know, they care about the people inside of that room. All right, so that's on the running back, and they had a great, great, great game, and I expect Tennessee's running game, as I said all offseason, to be one of the best running back rooms in the Southeastern Conference, be one of the better parts of this football team. Uh, Are you going to rush for nearly 300 yards a game? No, you will not, but boy, off to a great start, and uh, you know, those guys can't go anywhere without the hard work, sweat, determination of those guys in front of them, the offensive line. You guys know it. I hate offensive line rotations, but Tennessee played eight guys for over 20 snaps on the offensive line. Played a whole lot of guys, 13 total, I believe. Um, those guys were putting it up and putting it down. They were working. And um, Josh Heupel was asked about what he thought about the offensive line as the game went on. And then towards the end, specifically about the centers. Of course, Cooper Mays is out right now. We'll track his progress over the week and see if he'll be ready, if that's this week, next week, or sometime beyond. But until then, it is Cooper Mays out but it's ollie lane and dane davis in its center josh hype on the second part of this question asked about those two guys specifically but uh, a lot of offensive line talk here and a lot of good things to say from the virginia game from head coach josh hype yeah i thought um for the moving parts that we had the different guys that played at center uh the communication getting all five guys on the same page as far as where our targets were that can be in the run game and in the pass protections uh, they did a really solid job. There's some things that all five and really all the guys that played, you know I mean? You're looking at eight guys that played a ton of snaps, I think maybe 13 that played during the course of the ball game. There's a lot of things that they got to clean up to, um, which is anticipated as you go from week one to week two. But all in all, really solid performance by those guys. Ali, um, smart, cares about this program, cares about his teammates. He's a great teammate. and. Um, you know, this offseason continued to change his body. I, I thought he had his best offseason. Uh, that's why I think he's playing his best football right now since we've been here. And um, he's smart, you know, moving from guard to center. It's different, yeah, but he's gotten consistent reps at the center position throughout uh, our tenure here. Um, he's done a really nice job. And uh, Dane <clears throat> didn't take reps there um, until uh, until Coop went down, um, just as we looked at things. Um, Felt like he had an opportunity. We didn't know if he'd handle it uh, well, you know, how he would respond in there. Um, he's really smart. He can communicate at a really high level. We knew that from his time at tackle. Um, it's been really pretty seamless for him uh, in the middle of it. He's done a great job and, and uh, really natural there. So a lot of good stuff there about the offensive line from Josh Heupel. And uh, again, I'm curious, you know, while Cooper Mays is out, kind of what the best five is up there because you don't need to be rotating five or eight, eight guys in when you go to Florida. You just don't. And so my question is, will you rotate with a purpose this week? It's Tennessee versus Tennessee. I mean, again, you never want to undervalue an opponent or anything, but you know, t- t- I tried to look up the line Monday afternoon. It's not even available at FanDuel right now. I mean, Tennessee, <laughs> t- Tennessee should be, Tennessee should win this game by 45 plus. It just, it is what it is. Um, so can you rotate with a purpose? Potentially, can you get Dane Davis at center, Ollie Lane at guard, and is that your best five for the time being? I don't know. We'll see. I thought Dane Davis looked pretty good at center, and of course, Ollie Lane as well. Want to, I want you guys to hear one more thing today. This is from Brew McCoy. Was asked about Ramel Keaton, his drop, and kind of how you go about that. Do you motivate him? Do you t- pat him on the back and say, hey, you know, get him next time? Uh, Ramel Keaton as a person, the receiver. Some good stuff here from a wide receiver, Brew McCoy. Give this a listen. Well, I mean, I've watched Ramel 
probably catch 100 deep balls every single day after practice in his free time. That's one of the, it's like it's, a contested catch is almost easier. When you're running wide open down the field in front of a packed stadium and you can think about it, it's like one of the hardest catches you can possibly make. You don't really say anything. Like he, he's hard enough on himself and we know that he'll make that play, you know, nine times out of 10 times out of 10, in my opinion. You guys know if you watch and listen to us here on Locked On Balls, I was, you know, I, I didn't believe in Ormel Keaton last year. Um, he was a senior at the time. He didn't really contribute a whole lot after being a highly rated four-star prospect, I believe, from um, Alpharetta, Georgia. I have to look that up. But anyway, um, I didn't think that he would contribute last year. And I, I was saying, well, hey, should you, should you move? Oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now. He transferred out to uh, Wake Forest. Uh, Walker Merrill to the outside and have him potentially be ready to come in if one of those guys go down. But no, they went with Romel Keaton and he came up in a huge way and he just continued to work and make plays and work and he was he was just always there. And so I'm, I'm a huge Romel Keaton fan. I am. And he's a good receiver and uh, he, he dropped that wide open pass. Would have been six easily. And I thought it was interesting there from Brew McCoy saying those are sometimes harder to catch than a contested catch and I found that really really interesting but uh, I would have no issues no worries about Ramel Keaton he is again in my opinion still the all-around better option at wide receiver than you know all of Tennessee's options at wide receiver and that's saying an awful lot because Tennessee is loaded at that position hey when we come back we'll take a look at those uniforms at the University of Tennessee is going to don on Saturday um you know, paying uh, tribute to Conjures Holloway. So looking forward to that. And we'll get into your mailbag questions. All that coming up when we return right here on Locked On Balls. Hey, I uh, I want to tell you about our friends over at uh, Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, great, great company. And, and they're for, you know, guys like you and I, really. And speaking of the men here, they, they truly, truly kind of give you a sculpted look by being a little slimmer through the thigh and, and really kind of showing off the goods, if you know what I'm saying. Designed to fit you better. That's at Bird Dogs. The shorts, they do the exact same thing as what Lululemon does, but the difference is regular shorts have these strict, restricting cotton, okay? But Bird Dogs fix that issue with cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches in order to give you a slimmer fit, all without sacrificing movement. Also, the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. It is hot here in East Tennessee, guys. You know what I'm saying? That will keep you cool and dry all day long in bird dogs. Bird dogs, they're functional for any occasion. Again, I talk about going to meetings, going to church, going on a date, golfing, uh, you know, pool, workout, lounging, Whatever the situation is, you'll look good and you'll feel good because of those versatilities. So what I want to encourage you to do today is go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Enter that promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs hydro flask water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey guys and gals, welcome back into it. Locked On Vols here on a Tuesday. Ward Wednesday coming up tomorrow. We'll have uh, Boogie Bentley Thursday. And of course, we'll get into the preview and learn all you need to know about Austin P on Friday before Tennessee and Austin P. Uh, get going. Can't thank you enough for being here. Thanks so much for subscribing on Locked On Balls and the YouTube channel. We were making a push to 8K, and you know the off season's really slow. You guys know this, but we got to 8K like last week, and guys, we're almost to 9K. Y'all are incredible. Football season is here. It is numbers and rating seasons. I love you guys for that. Thank you so much for your support of the show. But we're an audio podcast first, so anywhere you get you listen to your podcast, we are available and ready to go. Before we get into uh, a mailbag questions and I appreciate you every dayers for sending those in each and every day um I kind of showed a little teaser of it if you haven't seen these already if you're on YouTube right now I'm going to flash some photos up these alternate uniforms a part of the smoky gray series you know for the next four years starting last year and I guess it was a five year but now four years left uh Tennessee's going to have a different you know smoky gray type uniform game each year and it's going to be for the home opener this year it was announced on labor day morning at 8 30 gotta love that from tennessee shout out vols for doing that um <laughs> sarcasm and uh, it's going to be for the austin p game and, and i'm not a huge uniform guy you guys know this um i don't think these look magnificent by any stretch of the imagination but i will say i think they look pretty sharp especially from what was floating around on social media early in the summer and these uniforms are going to pay homage homage to um uh, to, to Conjure Holloway, the 51st anniversary of him becoming the first African-American quarterback to start a game in the SEC. And um, so it's going to be a whole lot to celebrate. It's going to be a fun day. Look at these uniforms. Joe Milton was uh, kind of the model here for the University of Tennessee. As at some point in the last couple of weeks, he went out there and put on the jersey and, and Tennessee snapped some photos. And uh, man, they look really good, actually. I think the orange, that's obviously, and uh, you know, uh, back in 04, 05, maybe, I think Tennessee wore uh, these and I didn't think they looked particularly good, but I think these look really sharp. Um, it's a lot of orange there on the shoulder pads, but I think it works. And, and again, I think this is a lot better than what we initially saw um, on social media early in the summer when some of these pictures were making the rounds. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, I'm showing you some pictures. If you're listening, you guys can uh, see these on social media as well. I'll try to tweet out some of these photos at Lockdown Vols as well, um, and you can check them out. But some pretty good stuff. I, I think these uh, look pretty sharp, and I think Tennessee is going to look really, really sharp um, on Saturday. A couple more photos I'll show you. Here's the pants in this one if you're watching. Uh, you got the orange stripe down the side. That looks pretty good, and that's, again, kind of a full-body look there. Here's up close of, of what the uniform looks like, and we'll call it a day there. So uh, Tennessee to uh, do Smoky Grays here for the home opener against Austin P. Uh, paying tribute to Condrids Holloway, first black quarterback to start a game in the SEC. Of course, that, of course, that happened in 1972, 51-year anniversary. So that's going to be really, really cool. All right, let's get into your YouTube questions, shall we? Your mailbag questions, not just on YouTube, but we'll start with the YouTube questions. Ken says, hey, why not try D. Williams out at wide receiver? It's a good question because he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. And and a lot of times we know the answer. Like we I, I know D. Williams is not going to play wide receiver or anything in this offense, at least right now. Uh, but sometimes you just got to ask Josh Heupel. That's what uh, Austin Price did on Monday, asking about D. Williams. And you know, could we see him on offense potentially? 
D is special with the ball in his hands, but uh, he's going to continue to work at the, the corner spot and, and obviously be uh, heavily active in, in our return game. Thought he did a really nice job throughout the course of the day. I thought the way that he responded after something not going his way uh, showed uh, maturity and, and uh, actually pointed that out to the team <clears throat> after the ball game and uh, did that again uh, today. Uh, the kickoff. So, yeah, that, that's some stuff there from Josh Heupel. And he's right. How he responded when something didn't go his way, uh, huge applause. I mean, 55-yard return, 31-yard return. Those were two-part returns after the fumble. So, job well done on D. Williams. You can only hope that uh, – you can only imagine like what he could look like with the ball in his hands and everything. But for right now, I'm not sure if that is in the cards. James wants to know, how about the injuries for Tennessee? Um, three injuries that's you know, of note from the Virginia game. Squirrel White, Tyler Barron, and Amari Thomas. Both Tyler Barron and Amari Thomas came back in and played. They're fine. Squirrel White got banged up, did not come back in, uh, but he's fine. Josh Heupel was even asked about that on Monday, and he said it was just you know the time and the point in the game and the score. Essentially, there was no reason to put him back out there, but Squirrel White is fine. Seems like Tennessee got out of that game uh, pretty, pretty well and um, you know not... Uh, not in a position to where it it you know got got some guys hurt, which is a really really good thing. Uh, we'll go to my direct message account at underscore Kaner. James says, uh, "Y'all were talking about this on a recent Volquest podcast about Joey Halsley would likely call some plays, but Heupel would also call plays. How does that work, to the best of your knowledge?" Thank you for putting that in there to the best of your knowledge, because quite frankly, I don't exactly know. Does Halsley take a drive, then Hypel take a drive, or does it Halsley maybe start calling a drop, then Hypel chimes in in a given situation? Um, you know, how does that work? Yeah, um, I, I don't exactly know, to be completely honest with you. I do know, I think Alex Golish called a lot of the offense. Uh, but keep in mind, last year was the third year that Golish was the offensive coordinator for Josh Heupel. So they had a long-standing, not super long-standing, but they had enough of a rapport to where there was some trust there. Now, Joey Halsey's been with Heupel. Literally, Joey Halsey's Josh Heupel's right arm. I mean, he has been with him for 15 years. He played quarterback, you know, when Josh Heupel was his quarterback coach at Oklahoma. He's been with him at pretty much every stop along the way. So they have a great rapport, but this is a first-time opportunity for Joey Halsey to start calling some plays. So I think the dynamic, at least right now, to start things off, it's a whole lot of Josh Heupel in terms of play calling and a little bit of Joey Halsley, maybe making suggestions, you know, maybe getting a play here and there. But the offensive coordinator and Joey Halsley, he runs the meeting room. He puts together the game plan along with Glenn Ellerby. Joey Halsley's working. Alex Elvish worked. And as time goes on, I think you can see Joey Halsley calling it a little bit more and Josh Heupel just chiming in when needed, right? I think that's kind of where you were with Alex Golish last year. A lot of those plays are scripted as well. Not scripted in terms of like you can't change it or anything, but you know, with Tennessee's tempo, you have a list of plays here like, all right, you're going to go run this, run this, run this, run this. And of course, you have to you know, kind of change in, ter in terms of down and distance and all that as well. But I think it's a lot of hypo calling the plays right now with a sprinkle of Joey Halsley, and hopefully that can you know kind of change as time goes on. We'll go over to Locked On Vols' uh, Twitter account, at Locked On Vols. Check in. Uh, with the uh, messages there, Bruce says, Bruce on the loose, how about that D? The O-line looked okay. Joe did better in the second half than the first. I'm sure a lot of work, I'm sure there's a lot to work on, uh, but a good win. How would you like to see, uh, what would you like to see? I can't read today, I'm sorry. What would you like to see worked on this week? Um, defense looked great. 
you said the offensive line looked okay. I thought the offensive line looked pretty good. There was a procedural penalty and a holding penalty. Uh, you don't want to have those. I thought the offensive line looked pretty daggone good, um, especially with Cooper Mays out. Knowing Virginia's not great, but still, it was good to see. What I want to see worked on, and we'll get into this here in a moment. Someone else has got a question on it. I think it's Jonathan. And I'll hit on in the next segment. Uh, special teams need to be clean. It's got to be clean here this week. It's got to be clean. I want to see the offense uh, more in sync. I don't think the receivers and Joe Milton were as in sync as possible uh, as best that they could. And, and again, it's game one. Brew McCoy even said that on Monday. It was like, hey, it was game one. You know, It's the first time you're literally going up against somebody that's not your teammates. There's no preseason in college, right? So there's no jamborees. So it's, it, it's very much... You know, they can be out of sorts just a little bit. So I want to see the offense tighten it up a little bit. I want to see quarterback and receiver be more in sync. And then I want to see more guys play safety. Kind of like what I said yesterday. I want to see more guys play safety. But what I, what I really want to see is a lot of the same. I want to see the defensive line punishing that offensive line. I want to see James Pierce getting back into the backfield. And I want to see those linebackers running all over the place. I want to see a heavy dose of rotation at cornerback and star. A lot of what I want to see is what I saw on Saturday. Just I want to continue to see it. Uh, we'll continue on here. We've got Jonathan Powell, who wants to know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. A narrative I've heard from the fans after the game is that they ran so much because they don't trust Overthrow Joe, their name, not mine, to accurately throw the football. I think they just chose the most vanilla way to have success in week one of an ACC game. Um, well, why they ran the football so much is because for the bulk of the game, especially in the first half, Virginia was putting only six in the box. They were saying, hey, Joe Milton, you are not going to throw it over our heads. And he still did, and Ramel Keaton dropped it, and Dante Thornton, they couldn't quite connect. So obviously they still got behind the defense a little bit. But the reason Tennessee ran it so much was because Virginia was light in the box. Only had five, six guys in there. If you have six guys in the box, that essentially says, hey, my running back just has to make you miss. My running back has to get through you. Um, cause you got a hat on a hat every single, you know, everywhere else. And so I think that's the reason why they ran it so much and it was working. Um, in terms of Joe Milton, I mean, yeah, overthrow Joe, that's a, that's a fun nickname, bazooka Joe, all that. But I mean, even on Saturday, you can tell Joe Milton is really putting in the effort not to overthrow. He was putting some touch on some balls. He underthrew some balls. You can tell he's been working on it. So, uh, that narrative is completely false. Um, Jonathan and, um, for, from what you're hearing, I know that's not what you said, uh, they ran the football so much because there was only six guys in the box. All right, guys, we'll move on. We got a couple more questions to get into. I know I ran a little long this segment because I wanted to show some of those uniforms, uh, the alternate uniforms of the Smoky Grays that Tennessee's going to wear on Saturday. But we'll come back, answer some more of your questions right here when Locked On Vols returns. I want to tell you about our friends FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. Incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $5. Let me try that again. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 back in bonus bets. That is guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You guys know sitting on the on the couch on Sundays, the Red Zone, NFL Sunday ticket, incredible product from YouTube and YouTube TV. And if you bet $5, you're going to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket with YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. The app is easy to use. You can be on anything from the spreads, player props, 
even more. So much fun is had on FanDuel Sportsbook, betting on college football and the National Football League. So I encourage you to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, it's official partner of the NFL. Couple more minutes here on this edition of Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for being here. It's football time in Tennessee, the best time of the year. And couldn't do this podcast without you guys, the show without you guys. Literally, I say it every single day, but I literally couldn't do it without you. Um, because of you guys, we get a, a, an everyday podcast talking Tennessee football. It's pretty sweet, right? Uh, let's get back into some of your questions. Got a couple more here before we call it quits. Kurt says, did the Florida-Utah game change your opinion on how UF, uh, on how that Florida game will go for the Vols in two weeks? Seems more likely slash necessary for UT to make a statement in the Swamp. I agree with you. Now... Let me be careful in how I word this. I don't think Florida is as bad as everybody's making them out to be after that Utah game. What I mean by that is Florida shot itself in the foot so many different times. Jumping or false starts on third and fourth downs. What are you doing? Multiple times that happened. The two number threes out there on special teams. Like, what are you doing? Um, you know, Billy Napier, how about not having two offensive line coaches and actually hiring a special teams coordinator so that doesn't happen? Um, Graham Mertz, I do not think is good. I know a lot of his stats are padded because they were playing from behind. I think he completed 70% of his passes through for over 300 yards. So a lot of that was because they were playing from behind. Now, I think Tennessee can blow the brakes off Florida. I do. I, I personally do. But it's going to be in the swamp, place you at once it's 03. None of that has to do with this year. But I'm just saying trends, right? Um, we as sports friends, you know, pay attention to the trends and everything in history. Um to answer your question, no. It doesn't really change my opinion on Florida um, because I know Florida has good players. I just don't think as a team they're going to be very good this year. I thought Florida beat Florida against Utah. I truly did. Having said that, Utah was missing a lot of its key guys as well, and Florida still was finding ways to lose that game. So um, either way, regardless of the outcome, even if Florida would have won against a third and fourth string quarterback on Thursday of last week, I still would have said, yes, it's absolutely a statement game. You have got to win that game. You have got to win that game, in my opinion. I mean, the world's not going to end if you lose that game, but that's a must-win game, in my opinion. I'll say it right here. Jonathan says, is there a legitimate point of concern in the kicking game? And if so, what do you think is the answer? In my opinion, no, there's not. Now, <laughs> you can't do that in the swamp or you will lose. If you do what you did special teams-wise in the swamp in two weeks, you will lose. I'll say that right now. That That is, in my opinion, that is fact. You cannot kick balls out of bounds, give great field position to Florida, don't help them out. You cannot shank punts of 17 and 27 yards. That cannot happen. You can't fumble the football right back to them after an incredible uh, punt return. Think about this, right? Uh, Tennessee literally left 14 points off the board. So it was 49-13, the final score. Tennessee could have easily been in the 60s if Romel Keaton caught his pass and D. Williams didn't fumble it back because where he fumbled it was like at the plus 30. Tennessee was going to punch that in anyway. So it's really incredible when you think about how many points Tennessee still left off the board despite blowing the brakes off Virginia. So um, anyway, back to the point of, uh, uh, of the question. I think the kicking game is going to be fine. Um, I think... Now, that's why this week is going to be big against Austin P. or at home and all that. Uh, Jackson Ross got to figure it out. I think nerves are a big point of it, and it's going to be way, way more daunting down in the swamp uh, in two weeks. But I think Jackson Ross is going to figure it out. I think he's very talented, and I think Tennessee likes what they have in him. D. Williams, 
hey, you made a mistake. <laughs> you made up for it in a big way. I think D. Williams is a baller. And I think uh, Josh Turbeville, um has a boot that can kick it out of the back of the end zone, you know, on routine. So truly, I, I don't think that there's anything that's a major, major concern about that. That's just my opinion. Now, go out there and do it. Fix those mistakes, because if you do that in Florida, you'll lose. Uh, let's go to Nathan. Got a couple more here. I'll kind of move fast. We're approaching the 30-minute mark. Nathan says, how many games do you think Tennessee has to win this year for them to be respected as a contender every year? I said before the season that if Tennessee won nine games this year, I would consider Tennessee officially back and here to stay. You know, nine wins is not when, when the college football playoff field expands to 12, then it can get you in probably. But right now with the 14 playoff, nine wins isn't going to get you in unless you somehow win the SEC. But nine wins means you're a good football team. Nine wins means you are a contender at points of time throughout the football season. So for this year, if Tennessee wins double digits, absolutely. But even if Tennessee wins nine games and nine games only, it's nine and three. <laughs> I say only. Tennessee's only won nine games <laughs> one time since 07 in the regular season, and that was last year. Um, but if they win nine games this year, I think Tennessee's back, and Tennessee should be considered a contender every single year. Uh, Go Vols, 1995, says, Our D-line looked amazing, but our D but is our D-line really good, or was Virginia's O-line just that bad, or is it a little bit of both? I want to know because I watch Rattler running for his life all night against UNC and would love to recreate that for our game against them. <laughs> you and me both. I think the defensive line is a strong point for this football team. I love the depth. and I love the options. Nobody's Superman, but Tennessee is a good unit, I believe. And also, I do believe Virginia's offensive line is bad. So the answer, a little bit of both. Um, South Carolina's got to figure some things out because Spencer Rattler will not make it through the season if they can't block for him. So... I would like Tennessee's chances up front against that offensive line against South Carolina right now for sure. Let's go to Rick. What is Elijah Simmons' actual injury? It's lower body. Um, it is lower body. I think it's I think it's a knee uh, situation. I could be mistaken, but I know it's lower body. And then finally, we'll go to Aaron. When Tennessee wins the SEC East this year, do you think that'll be enough to win? Or say, Okay, you've left out a couple of words here. When Tennessee wins the SEC East this year, do you think that'll be enough to win Joe Milton the Heisman? If not, what will it take? If Tennessee were to win the SEC East, that means Tennessee is to play in Atlanta for an SEC championship. That means Tennessee is in the college football playoff conversation. For all of that to happen, Joe Milton has to be elite. Not saying that Tennessee's good enough to, to get there without Joe Milton, but I mean, we know quarterback is everything in this offense, right? Um, you've got to be able to process information at a fast clip, make the right decisions, and have the ability to get the football out. And Joe Milton has that. So if Tennessee were to be playing in Atlanta this year for an SEC championship, if Tennessee were to win the East in the last year of division in the SEC, then I absolutely believe Joe Milton would be a Heisman finalist. I do. Um, Hendon Hooker was very close last year, but I, I, think the, I think the injury and the loss to South Carolina knocked him out. Um, literally and figuratively. I think that's what it is. He still should have been there. He still should have been there. The fact that Setson Bennett was there is just embarrassing for college football. Um, again, Setson Bennett's a legend for Georgia. Setson Bennett is a great story in college football. Setson Bennett's a good football player. Um, he had no business being a Heisman finalist over Hendon Hooker or some other deserving candidates, that's for sure. Um, but I think if Tennessee were to play for an SEC championship, that means Joe Milton's elite, and that means Joe Milton is in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. All right, great stuff there, guys. Appreciate you everydayers for sending in those questions, comments, concerns. 
uh, every single Tuesday when you take over the show. It's a mailbag edition of Locked On Balls. Thank you guys so much for being here. We'll be back tomorrow stronger than ever. A little Ward Wednesday pro football focus. What did they have to say about the grades for Tennessee? Snap counts. Uh, we'll officially close the book on Virginia and look ahead to Austin P. Thanks so much for subscribing and watching to us uh, here on Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel. And, of course, listening wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, you guys have a safe and a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.